Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's my um, privilege to uh, talk today about part two of Growing and Going. And last week, uh, David Onyekwe, and I've listened to it uh, online, and um, fantastic message about growing and going part one, and particularly giving us the challenge that we need to grow. Yeah, we need to grow. Jesus says, I will build my church. And God is all about increase, all about expanse, all about growing. Just look at your own body, you're growing. Some of us, we're growing in the wrong direction. <laughs> and uh, it's all about growing, and healthy things grow. But for things to grow in terms of numerically, we also need to grow stronger as individuals, don't we? In our relationship and our walk with Jesus Christ. It's not an optional extra if we're a Christian here today. God wants us and God wants you and me to grow strong in our relationship. And David unpacked a bit of that last, last week. And so I want to talk today about um, principles of growth. It's part two of this message series, Principles of Growth. And we're going to be looking in a minute from Genesis chapter 1, which is the first book of the Bible. And, um, but there are obstacles to our growth, aren't there? There are obstacles to our growth. Can I tell you, perhaps one of the number one obstacles to yours and my growth is that of comfort. Steading out of our comfort zone. Because we like comfort, don't we? We like being comfortable. But if there's a stretch to our lives or there's an ask to our lives, it takes us out of where it's comfortable. We don't often like that, if we're really honest. Um, I've shared this story before, but when I was in my... So I did, went to university at Coventry, did two years study, then had a year out in industry working for Thomas Cook in Peterborough. Um, for those couple of years, I wasn't walking with the Lord. I wasn't uh, walking closely in my relationship with Jesus. Um, and sometimes we call that term backslidden. I was backslidden in my heart. But God had a way of getting back hold of my life. And in that year, I, I gave my life just tremendously to the Lord and said, whatever, Lord, whatever you want for my life, you've got it. And uh, someone had a prophetic word for my life. I didn't know what was in store for my life. And I was praying and, and sort of a prophetic word for my life. But one of those things was, he says, when you go back to university for your final year, God's going to have you to build your confidence up uh, God's going to have you doing presentations, and it's going to expand you. You're not going to want to do it, but it's going to expand you. It's going to increase your confidence. Well, I thought, well, you know, when you get maybe some prophetic words, you think, okay, well, if that's God, it will happen. If it's not, thank you very much. So um, I went back to the final year, and I didn't realize just how many presentations there were, how many group presentations. And I hated anything where you had to speak. I, I, my face would go red, be blushing, and I used to hate it. And so I thought to myself, well, if God's in this, this word, I'm not going to put myself forward for anything. And there was, I don't know, I can't, there's so many different presentations. And do you know what? Literally, hand on heart, I tell you the truth, every single group presentation, my friends, quotes, friends, were saying, Dave, you'll be good at this, you do it. And God had his way of just taking me out of my comfort zone. Did I want to give a presentation? Absolutely not. Hated even the thought of it. My heart would be, boun- would be bouncing in my chest. I thought the whole world could hear it. So nervous. It got out of way of just taking me from insecurity and just leading me on out of my comfort zone. I remember the first time I was ever asked to give a, 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 a message in a, in a church context. I was so nervous. 
I was so nervous. But somehow God got me through it. And, and God wants us to get us out of our comfort zones. Because he's got a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. Amen. He wants us to grow. But comfort will restrict our growth. Because we like things being comfortable. Question for you. When was the last time you did something for the first time? When was the last time you did something for the first time? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm consciously aware that for, for guests coming into our church services, is a big deal. Even if they have a faith in Jesus, it's a big deal walking through his doors and meeting a, a bunch of strangers. So I'm going to take myself to a conference this month by myself because I want to put myself in a context where I feel absolutely don't know anyone. In but I'm going to have to just stretch myself out of my comfort zone. I haven't gone to a, a conference. I went for, to a conference last year, but knew a lot of people there. This is a context, different, not in AOG, different network of churches. I'm going to go in there this month and just put myself, great conference, great opportunity to grow in an uncomfortable situation. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And we all have different challenges, don't we, to our comfort, to, our, to stepping out. Maybe if we're a student here today or listening online and you've got the obstacle of, I know, exams coming up and you realise you don't know as much as you should do, the obstacle there would be putting off revision, procrastinating. Maybe if we're a parent, maybe we don't give our children as much opportunities to do things because we're worried that they might hurt themselves. That can be an obstacle to keep people in the comfort zone. In our marriages, maybe there's a relational issue and we think, well... I know what I need to do, but I won't do it because they're not going to bother changing. Well, that's an obstacle to stepping out of your comfort zone and you doing change. The reality is when we, we can't change anyone, but we can change ourselves. Yes? Um, maybe you're an older person here today, and maybe you know, you've served God over the years, but as we get older, we get aches and pains in our bodies, and you think, well, what, what could I possibly contribute? Well, there's a next generation under us that is crying out for people to be fathers and mother figures in their lives. And you can pass on what you've learned despite how you feel, despite your aches and pains. They're looking to be mothered and fathered, grandmothered, grandfathered. Maybe you're a professional, you're in work, and you haven't, there's been a job opportunity or there's been a promotion opportunity at work, but you haven't taken it. Maybe you think, I could never do that. How do you know that you take an opportunity Take out, step out of the comfort zone and apply for that opportunity. You never know what God would have you, have you do. So we all have different challenges to our comfort levels and comfort zones. And I believe that comfort is the number one obstacle to our growth. And God is in the business of challenging our comfort, isn't he? Of challenging us because he wants us to grow. And here's uh, the key point for today. God's system for growing needs seeds, soil, and sowing. And didn't we have a fantastic time at the beginning of May when uh, Jet Jones came from Life Church in, in Bed, Bedworth, or Bradford, Bedworth, and uh, gave us a prophetic message. And she didn't know that we were going to go into a vision season. She didn't know that that weekend I'd already chosen my message for today. The three S's. Seeds, soil, and sowing. And she spoke prophetically into the life of this church, as well as some individuals, just saying about how we are a church in seed form, but things have been planted. 
and there's going to be an increase. And inside of me, I went, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Because we're not where we were. And we thank God for the past, but we're not where we need to be. And God's gone the journey of increasing us as individuals first and to grow in our faith. And as we grow and take hold of his promises, then you know, God will add the increase to us. Wonderful, isn't it? We don't want numbers. We're not in the game for numbers. We're in the game for seeing people's lives changed. People's lives changed from no faith to some faith, some faith to much faith. And God will use you because you are a minister. If you're a Christian here today, you're a minister. You're a servant. So God's system for growing needs seeds, soil, and sowing. David, can I borrow your apple? I'm so glad you brought this. Fantastic. Because I am not a gardener. I promise you, I am not a gardener. I don't profess to be a gardener. The only thing I can do with gardening is, is mow the lawn. And I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to do the lawn this afternoon because it's pretty high at the moment. Um, but if you look at an apple, if I cut this apple in half, what would we see? Seeds, pips. And, uh, and if you planted those in the right situation, the right environment, the right soil, and you sowed it and you watered it, over time we would see an apple tree, as David said earlier, about 30 feet tall. Wonderful. But things take time to grow, don't they? Take absolute time to grow. But things, God's got a system, a way of doing things, that as we, as we take hold of the principles, and they're, they're for your life, they're not just for the natural life, but they're for your life and my life, we will see it cause growth in our lives. So who likes comfort? Be honest, who likes comfort? We all do. We're honest. We like things comfortable. Who's up for the challenge of stepping out of the comfort zone? I am. Because if we stay in the comfort zone, we'll always be where we've always, as we are. So turn with you in your Bibles. It's going to be on the screen. To Genesis chapter 1, the first book of the Bible. And we're going to read this passage together. We're going to be jumping around Genesis chapter 1 a little bit. In the beginning, God created, this is the account of how God created the heavens and the earth. This, there's two accounts of this in chapter 1 and chapter 2. This is like the summary account in chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love that. Almost like before the earth was created, Spirit of God is there, hovering, brooding, waiting, anticipating to create something amazing. Holy Spirit is hovering over your life and my life. God wants to fashion something in you that he's seen before the foundation of the world. You and I can only see so far. We look at a mirror, uh, we look at the mirror and see an image of ourselves, and we might see ourselves as maybe a little bit older than what we were a few years ago. But God sees the purpose and the potential in our lives. And as we link in with his promises over our life, we can grow. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. 
And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. The first thing we see in the creation of the world and what God is doing, God is making space for growth. God is creating canvases, one in the skies, one called land, in which he's going to populate those places with animals, with creatures, with birds, and with humankind to multiply and to grow. God is making space for growth. And one of the principles of growth is that we need to make space for growth. Make space for growth. If your life and my life is so cluttered that we're going from one meeting to another appointment to another point, and we're trying to fit God in, I would suggest one of two things. You're either too busy or you're not doing your life as best as you can. We need to make space for growth. And make space for growth in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Leanne and I were chatting on, on Monday and uh, about how we were doing life in one aspect of our, of our lives. And we suddenly, I wish I could say it was my idea, but it was actually Leanne's idea. It was a brilliant idea. I'll give you the credit for that one. And it was actually, actually we could have done life differently. And it was so glaringly obvious that we didn't think about it until Leanne mentioned it. And as soon as she mentioned it, I thought, that made so much sense. That would free up time in certain aspects of our life and declutter some parts. And we just need to ask God for wisdom. But wisdom can only come when we make space to think, to meditate. Let's make space for growth in our life. As we make space for this church to grow, as we put more chairs out, as we change hospitality around, you know, we're, we're saying, God, prophetically, we believe that you're going to bring the increase, change lives. Amen? And we continue. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants. Everyone say seed. Seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that was good. And here we see... uh, Trees and vegetation being produced according to their kind, but with seeds in it. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly across the earth, across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing which, with which the waters, water teems and that moves about, about in it according to their kinds. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And we see it, Multiplication. Reproduction according to its kind. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. I think sometimes God's talking about our children there sometimes, but, you know, wild animals. God made the wild animals according to their kinds and livestock according to their kinds and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock 
and all the wild animals and of all the creatures that move along the ground. Do you know what? You have been made in the image of God. You've been made in the likeness of God. It doesn't mean to say that you physically are like God, but it does mean that you, have the, you bear the image of God. What does that mean? You have the capacity for moral thinking. The, you have the capacity of having a free will. You have the capacity to work. Do you know what? When we go to work and we sweat and wherever the context of our work is, sometimes we may think that work is part of the fall. No, work is part of God's plan, God's design for your life and my life, for us to take ownership, responsibility. It's part of God's design for us. We are made in God's image. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Wow. So there's the first account of, of creation. We haven't gone into everything. God's system for growing needs seeds, soil, and sowing. God wants you and me to grow. But how can we grow? How can we grow? What is God's principle? How do we unlock this and apply it to yours and my life? The first thing I just want to say this morning is growth requires seeds. And seeds speaks of your purpose. Your purpose. God has got a plan and a purpose for your life. Do you believe it? It might feel that sometimes that life's a bit of a drudgery. God never promised that life would be a piece of cake. But he's got a purpose for your life. It's up to us to ask him, God, what is my purpose? Dangerous question. But ask God, what is my purpose? And I know sometimes if we might be older in this room or listening on podcast, we might think, well, maybe I've lived most of my life. God has still got a purpose for your life. God has still got plans for your life. And the day-to-day, when you're out and about, Holy Spirit, would you use me today? As I'm going to the supermarket, Holy Spirit, would you help me to have almost like a, a, an encounter with someone that I can talk to about you? I dare to believe it. God has got a plan and a purpose for your life. You'll be made in the image of God. And God, if you're, if you're a Christian here today, your, his Spirit lives in you. Seeds of greatness live in you. Seed talks of DNA. It talks about the instructions. If you plant an, a pip from an apple, it will grow and reproduce. Not, a, an, not a, 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 any other tree, but an apple tree. Because it's got the instructions of how it's going to be to grow. And your life has got instructions because God has purposed your life. Do you believe it? God has purposed your life for greatness. For greatness. Growth requires seeds, and it's about your purpose. Have you found out your purpose? At school, when I was um, in year seven, aged about 11, um, I used to be quite big. So that way. So, and one of the sports I used to absolutely hate, two sports I used to hate, was um, cross country. Why on earth would you put your body through that? And secondly, hurdles. I mean, at the time, I'd, sh- I'd short legs. I've still got fairly short legs now. Short legs. I had a big belly. And he expected my body to get off the ground and jump over those. I remember one time, I just, oh, I, I was dreading it. And they had all the hurdles. It was my turn. And at the time, my brother 
and his year uh, 11 friends were all sitting on the grass. It was a beautiful day. I don't know what they're doing on the grass, probably revising or something. And I was literally, I went up, ran up to each one and I just stepped it. I thought, well, I'm not going to do go against what my body's not fit for. So I just stepped over each one, ran to the next one, stepped over it. And at the end of it, they all cheered. Wasn't that great? My body wasn't, wasn't born to fly. It wasn't born to jump. And, uh, and even now, I can't jump. Dave, David, oh, he can jump. I can't jump. And it's doing what you're born to do. I wonder if you know that it doesn't matter what age we are. We still ask the question, who am I? What is my purpose? It doesn't matter. We all ask that question. We ask it, and it's a good question to ask. Let me encourage you. Ask someone else, what do you see in me? What do you see in me? We have different perspectives. And I, I believe in the idea of triangulation, where you get different perspectives. And among the different perspectives, there's truth. Yeah? So ask two or three other people. What do you see in me? What do you think my gifts are? What do you think I, I'm good at? Can I also share this with you? If you've got a passion for something, that's good, a good passion, then if God made you and God knew what, how you'd be wired and how you'd think and what you'd like, then surely maybe that passion could be a God-given passion and it might be a key to your future. Yes? So ask God, ask people, what is my purpose? What do you see in me? And we don't have to take everything on board. But ask people that, that, that like you, that care for you, you know, and God, and enter into your purpose that God has for you. Second thing is growth requires soil, and this is all about your faith. In Genesis chapter 2, we see this. This is the account of the heavens in verse 5. Now no shrub, shrub had appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. So here we have a context where the environment was a good environment for growing plants. Watered soil. I'm no gardener. So I'm not going to profess to be a gardener. I'm sure there's people in here that are brilliant at gardening. Who here is good at gardening? Give me a wave. One person. Oh, two people. Bill, VJ. Okay. But I'm no good at gardening. But growth requires watered soil. It requires the right environment. It requires, requires sunlight, rain. And here we see in the account that there's watered soil. For you to grow... It requires faith. Not someone else's faith, not borrowed faith, but your faith in God. Your trust in God is who he says he is. What has God spoken over your life? What promises have you written down in the past or believed in the past over your lives that have not yet been fulfilled? God is faithful. Water those promises. Water those promises. How do we do that? Well, you might look a bit strange, but... Speak it over your life. Talk to yourself. If, if you've got faith for something, it's so easy for that faith to dwindle. And the devil would want to rob you of faith. Because where you have no faith, you won't do anything for God. Is that true? But where you have faith, you believe, you're more likely to step out into all that God has for your life. So look yourself in the mirror. Speak over you. Look yourself in the eyes. Look, look in the mirror say, this is what I do sometimes. Dave, you're a man of God. You can do this. 
Speak to yourself. Speak the word that God has given you over your life. Speak it out. There's something powerful happens when we speak God's word. Because God's word is living. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Tune in, listen to podcasts. Not just ours, but some fantastic podcasts on the internet these days. Listen to things that's going to cause your faith levels to arise. I believe one of the, the devil's number one strategies with Christians, with believers, is what's called death by abortion. If the devil can stop something before it's even given birth, he's won. What do I mean by that? Maybe you've got a dream. Maybe you've got a passion to do something with your life. But if he can sow doubt or fear or thoughts, whether they come from yourself or come from the devil, then, and you li- listen to that and you allow it to rob you, you will never enter into fully what God has for your life. Just like we heard from Jet the other week, the, the, the 12 spies, te- two believed and 10 gave a bad report. And therefore, that generation was robbed. That dream was aborted before it even gave birth. The two that believed eventually entered in. Don't allow your dreams, your desires, your passions to be robbed by disbelief. Trust God. Build it up. Fan into flame the faith that you have in your life. Maybe you've got a dream. I love talking to, to Pete and Anne, and they're just, they're just so want to see things happen in this church. It's wonderful. They were, for those that don't know, they were the pastors who, who retired in 2003. They still have the dream, still have the desire, still have the passion. They're still watering it in prayer. If you need any prayer, ask. They'll pray for you. We all will, but, you know, because they, they live by prayer. Fan it into flame. Growth requires soil, which is your faith. And finally, just coming into land. Growth requires sowing, which is your action. See, we can have the seed, your purpose. We can have the right conditions, your faith. But who knows that eventually you've got to take a step. You've got to do something. Otherwise, all it will ever be is a pipe dream that never saw birth. You've got to take action. James wrote, I'll show you my faith by my works or my faith by my actions. And sometimes there's two camps of of Christians, sometimes people that say, oh, so, about, so much about what they are for and what they believe in. And there's another camp which is so much about social action. What am I going to do? But actually, they both go hand in hand. Faith by our actions. Because faith without works is dead. And help us with this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, there's this amazing verse that says about Adam. The first person that was created. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. In another translation, the NIV, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to take care of it. Here we've got Adam's key purposes that the Bible gives us of what he had to do. To tend and to keep the land. Listen very carefully to this. Because it'll unlock some principles for you. To keep it means to guard it, means to protect it, 
means to maintain it. A godly principle that we need in our lives. If we've got children, we need to guard and protect our children, don't we? Anything in our life, we need to guard and protect and maintain. But there's an and. It wasn't just keep it. It was also to tend it. Tend it means to promote growth. means to stimulate. means to expect growth. So here he's saying on one hand, I want you to maintain and guard, protect what you've got. But also on this other side, I want you to cause things to grow. Stir it up. Action. Action. The problem is this. Our biggest, biggest challenge and obstacle to our life is that of comfort. Comfort is the enemy of action. Because comfort would want to stop you from growing. Comfort could keep you in maintenance. I'm happy with what I've got. I'm going to maintain my lot. I'm just going to keep... I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm maintaining what I've got. And that's, that's fine. And that will lead you to comfort. But God wants us to break out of comfort... Break out of comfort and t- according to the things he's talking to your hearts about, the faith steps, take some steps that say, God, I want to believe that my life is going to look different this year, a year on from today. My life is going to look different because God is in, the in, is in the business of growth and multiplication in the lives of individuals and also in churches. He wants us to, to reach out. God does not want you to be the same a year on today than you are today in your walk and relationship with Jesus Christ. He doesn't want it. He wants us to grow. He wants you to grow. Nothing more does he want than it's for your life to bear fruit, to bear fruit, a deeper knowledge of Jesus, ability to better just do what he's asking of you, even though you're scared, even though as a, as a 19-year-old lad I was, I, was, I was scared of giving presentations. Okay, God, if that's what you want, I'll step out of my comfort zone. I'll do it. Did my cheeks go bright red? Of course they did. Did my heart thump in my chest? Of course it did. But I did it anyway. Come on, church. It's time for you as individuals to arise into all that God has for your life. VJ, arise. Mark, arise, a man of God. It's time for you to arise into all that God has for your life. Everything. And it looks different for every single one. I thank God that there's none of me in this room. I'm the only one. I know what I'm like. I thank God that's the same for you too. Because <laughs> we're all individuals. As, in, as and collectively we have our part to play. But as individuals, grow. God's word to you is grow. 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 Grow in faith. Grow in the knowledge of him. Grow. And take steps for him. Bold steps. Each day ask him, God, what do you want me to do today? Give me, dangerous question, give me an opportunity today. In my workplace, in my university, in my street. Give me an opportunity today to tell someone about what you've done in my life. The world is looking for stories. The world aren't looking for being beaten around the head with the Bible. They're looking for stories. They love nothing more. And you and I love nothing more than a good story. And no one can take away what God has done in your life. The story of how you had faith in Jesus. And you might be in your workplace and you might say, God, give me an opportunity today. And suddenly, in your normal business of your day, you come across someone and you just see, think to yourself, they don't look right. Even you, over coffee, spending time with them, a listening ear, can mean the world to them. Even your words are powerful. Your words of encouragement over someone that is not yet a Christian, as well as Christians. 
can change their lives. God wants to use you. Church, it's time to grow. It's time to dig deep. It's time to grow. It's time, I prophesy, growth in this house. Growth, not just numerically. In growth in your lives. Growth in my life. We cannot be the same 12 months on that we are today. We've got to step out of our comfort zone. We've got to do what God is asking us to do. Amen? God wants growth. God wants growth. And I love this. And I, I, just, I just, you know, if we are willing to step out of our comfort zone, if we're willing just to do what God is asking us to do, I just believe we'll naturally see continued, not just addition, but multiplication of people being added to this house. I just think if all of us as a church, first of all as individuals, decided I'm not going to stay put in my faith, in my walk with God. I'm going to step out of the comfort. That might mean for some of you, it might mean setting your alarm clock a little bit earlier. But for others, it might be, okay, well, I'm going to make a space in the day where it's me and God. Me and God. God, speak to me. I believe that you want to speak to me. Speak to me. Get a pad out and a pen and then read a passage and then just write what thoughts come to you. Then look back. Journal the difficulties you might go through because you'll look back in a year's time and think, wow, God brought me through that. And then you've got a story to share with someone that will walk through the same places that you walked in, yeah? God wants you to step out and to grow. And as we do, we will see growth. Growth in you and growth in us. And I love this. This is a, a verse that I've been carrying on my life for so many years now. I'm going to read it from the message version. It's Isaiah 49, verse 19. And it says this. And you're 19 to 23, I think it is. It says this. And listen to the heart behind this. And I believe that God is saying this over this house. In 2013, we were, had a prophetic word that God would bring people to this house, to this church, from outside. They would come and they would add and not be a burden. They'd come and take part. And this is what I've been carrying before that. And your ruined land, it's talking about the nations of Israel, but I believe there's a prophetic word for us as a church. And your ruined land, your devastated, decimated land, filled with more people than you know what to do with. And your barbarian enemies, a fading memory. The children born in your exile will be saying, it's getting too crowded here. I need more room. Amen. Can you hear what the Spirit is saying? It's getting too crowded here. I need more room. And you'll say to yourself, where on earth did these children come from? I lost everything, had nothing, was exiled and penniless. So who reared these children? How did these children get here? The Master, God, says, look, I signal to the nations. I raise my flag to summon the people. Here they'll come. Women carrying your little boys in their arms. Men carrying your, your little girls on their shoulders. God is prophesying addition and multiplication. People coming. And God is doing something very unique in this church that he's not, as far as I'm aware, doing it in any other church in Leamington. And that is something that's growing multiculturally. Something that's growing multiculturally. We haven't planned this. We haven't looked for it. But God is on with something. And I love that. I love that. I love that thought. I love that thought because God is just doing something very unique. And we, you know, put your hand up in the air if you've come recently to this country to work. Put your hand in the air. 
If, you, if you've come recently to Leamington to work from outside the country, put your hand in the air. Come on, Sri. Come on. If, you put, if you've come recently, yeah, so look around. Keep your, hand, keep your hands in the air. Come on. Great. And there's more that aren't here, you know. But isn't that wonderful? And God's doing something with that. Some of these people are working for JLR, Jaguar, Jaguar Land Rover. And so we're building links with Jaguar, JLR. We're trying to get see God. I'm asking the question. We're asking the question. I'm going to have a meeting. What do you want us to do with JLR? There's something God's on with with JLR. What do you want to do? You can do what you want, God. God is bringing the nations to us. Amen. This is just the beginning. It's the first, the first uh, first, few, first few, yeah, first fruits. Wonderful. And God wants you to grow. And God wants me to grow. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org. <laughs>